Welcome to Season 6 of the Fire and Trainers Podcast, Episode 14, published on December 5th, 2023. We are part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of podcasts. This episode, we'll be talking with Brian McLaughlin about apocalyptic medicine. It's a very interesting topic. Help us reach more instructors by giving us a five-star rating in your favorite podcast app. This helps those instructors find us and also lets all the search engines know the value you see in our content. Sit back and relax for this week's episode of the Fireman Trainers Podcast. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Fireman Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. And what you need to do is be a certified instructor and you can apply for coverage. And as listeners, you can go along and get 10% off of your policy by using promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by guns.com. Do you know on guns.com, you can not only buy guns with confidence, but you can also sell your firearms safely, securely, and legally. All you need to do is go to guns.com, and then we'll walk you through the entire process. While you're on their website, don't forget to check out their giveaway. They're giving away a Beretta A400. All that's required is you have a valid email address. Remember, guns.com for your next firearm purchase or sale. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Brian McLaughlin from Mountland Medical. Welcome, Brian, and thank you for coming back on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Always have good conversations. Yeah, always great insight. Um, you've got a lot of experience, and I think our topic today about apocalyptic medicine, um, not that you've gone through that uh, a lot, but I know from your time over uh, in the uh, Gulf Wars and things like that, uh, you had quite a bit of uh, experience in figuring out how to uh, take care of people and such. So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, me too. I think we'll have a good time. Well, Brian, apocalyptic medicine. What does that mean to you when you say something like that? Because um, my mind goes back to Apocalypse Now, you know, the Vietnam War movie and how uh, dark it was at that point. But what's that mean in your mind when it comes to medicine? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, for for all of my life, it feels like uh, I've been told been, been told that the world is about to end at some point. So it's always been kind of like on the horizon. You know, my um, <clears throat> I moved out to the middle of a, a farm in the middle of nowhere uh, for Y two K because my dad was convinced that uh, the infrastructure was going to collapse over Y two K. Right. So we moved out to the middle of nowhere to a farm so we could self-sustain ourselves and all this kind of stuff. And uh, when uh, the year 2000 rolled around and Y2K didn't do anything, I remember being pretty disappointed because <laughs> I thought it was going to be pretty interesting, you know, to see everything kind of collapse because I was like 12 at the time, you know. <laughs> Nowadays, I'm less inclined to that. I'm very safe and secure and ha happy and comfortable where I'm at. And so I'd rather the apocalypse not occur, but I would say, you know, my, my time in the military was as close to the apocalypse as I've ever gotten as in a war zone, you know, not having everything that you need and, um, you know, everything being very dirty and filthy and that kind of stuff. But even then we had plenty of resources that, you know, in a real apocalyptic end of the world type of scenario, you're not going to have all those types of resources that we're very comfortable and we kind of take for granted nowadays. So, you know, a doctor's role in an apocalypse is one of those where you don't have the infrastructure to support 
you like you normally would for normal healthcare. So a lot of this is kind of for people who are already working in the healthcare industry and they're going to be looked at as somebody who is going to be a leader and like their local community doctor because they have some medical skills. And you're going to have to look at your healthcare much differently because you're not going to have everything that you're used to. So what are some of the things that you can train yourself in um, to start studying up so that when the time comes, you know, if you're thrown into a situation like this where you are the healthcare provider, you can make a good benefit and a difference for everybody around you. I think the one thing for people to uh, realize, instructors, why I think this is a you know important topic to really wrap our minds around, you learned, you practice this in a war zone. This could happen in northern part of the United States uh, because of a blizzard, because, you know, you, you dump, you know, a foot, two feet of snow on an area and doesn't matter how, who you can call, nobody's going to get to you until they can plow the roads to your house. And that could be hours or days, uh, you know, down south, you know, it could be hurricanes, could be flooding, uh, you know, that could be widespread to where 911 is, they, you know, that's not even working uh, for you. You know, it could be it could be earthquakes out uh, west, you know, California. It could be volcanoes, or it could just be civil, um, you know, disorder. You know, we go along. We've seen a lot of things over the last uh, couple of years with the pandemic, and everything you go to assume that you can pick the phone, dial nine one one, and have somebody at your door, you know, with a medical kit, with an ambulance, and everything in 10, 15 minutes in most metropolitan areas uh, goes right out the door. And all of a sudden you are looking at not a, you know, okay, how soon can we get them there is can I keep them alive over the next hours or days, maybe even weeks for it. Um, in my personal situation, I go hunting. And one of the things with, you know, hunting that's always challenged is you're going away from where people are, where the easy access is, and hopefully where the animals are. Right. And that puts you into a certain risk category that if something goes wrong, you know, i.e., I break my leg, I might be able to call. I might be able to tell somebody exactly where I'm at. It might still take them hours, if not, uh, you know, a day or more to get to me because of where I am. And those are all situations to where you've really got to be able to wrap your head around, uh, you know, how, how to go along and be that medical person, whether you take care of yourself or taking care of somebody else in your immediate area, you know, in your neighborhood, you know, your next door neighbor, middle of the blizzard, you know, you know, you get the call and they're, you know, they fell down and, you know, they, they broke their hip or did things along those lines. Well, what do you do if, you know, when you call 911, they say, well, it'd probably be a day or two before we can make it there because the snowplow is currently stuck, you know, trying to, trying to make way to, to there. So there's a lot of, a lot of situations that you could uh, definitely use use kind of apocalyptic medicine, uh, hopefully not regularly, but come in to uh, make sure you've at least taken care of things. Oh, Ryan, can you walk us through um, kind of kind of some of the steps that you think when it comes to you know apocalyptic medicine? Yeah, well, I think that there are nine main categories of things that you should pay attention to um, if you're going to start studying up on this kind of stuff to make the best possible difference. And I think the first one is going to be your basic first aid. Like you, you need to know how to control bleeding effectively. Um, and a lot of times healthcare providers will, will say something, you know, like I'm a doctor or, you know, I learned this in medical school at some point, but unless you are 
an ER doctor or, you know, you are a very special type, specialized type of doctor, you're probably not going to have maintained those skills over the course of your career. So this is definitely something that you want to make sure that you are staying on top of because things might have changed uh, since the last time you've been through. And it won't matter at all if you have, um, if you're taking care of a bunch of people and they have severe bleeding, you're going to need to know how to control that or you're not going to be able to help them anyway. So making sure that you can do that is going to be essential. Um, wound packing um, and knowing how to use tourniquets are going to be your first most essential parts of that. And then if you're attached to a military type unit um, using chest seals and knowing how to use all those types of things are going to be important. Um, but you're going to run out of those pretty rapidly. Um, you're not going to have all of the materials that you're going to need to take care of everybody because you. this is an apocalypse situation. Your supply lines are going to be down. The infrastructure is going to be shot. You're not going to be able to order in what you need. So you're not going to have the gear to take care of people. So how are you going to handle that? Um, your next step is going to be resource management. You need to be able to take care of people with what you've got around you and being able to send people out maybe to scavenge for some, some supplies if you can get them. Um, but also maybe being able to improvise your own gear and equipment if you possibly can. So you're not going to have all of the resources that you normally have, like MRIs, lab technicians, x-rays, um, all of the different things that you're going to have to be able to do your job. You're not going to have that. So you're going to have to figure out your way around that. How are you going to do the greatest benefit to everybody? Um, even like a very experienced doctor is more of an overqualified EMT when it comes down to uh, an apocalypse type of a situation. Um, they might have a ton of knowledge, but without all of those resources to help them to treat the patient, um, it's not going to do them a whole lot of good. So essentially, everybody needs to learn your basic EMT skills here. And think about all the types of gear that you might have on an ambulance. <clears throat> what are some of the things that we can um, think outside the box and make for ourselves in this situation? That's what's going to be the best best benefit for you. And I've got some uh, resources online um, that can help you with that quite a bit. Um, I've got my YouTube channel over at Mount Man Medical um, where I teach how to improvise tourniquets and we also have bleeding control um, training called the Emergency Trauma Response Course. It's totally free. It's about an hour and 17 minutes long of a bunch of different videos. And you can do it all at your own pace. And that will teach you all the basics of bleeding control uh, to kind of help you out quite a bit here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's... Uh... What you brought up as far as supply lines and things like that, I think is extremely important to realize because when you're faced with something like this, you don't have an Amazon Prime delivery, you know, to where they'll deliver it to you the next day or within an hour or two. You don't, you may not even have access to the, what, what you would prefer. You may have to be using, you know, torn up bed sheets. You may have to be using, um, you know, other, uh, you know, improvised pieces of ropes and different things like that in order to make slings to go along, make uh, tourniquets, make make do with what you've got at the time, all depending upon what you've got in your immediate medical kit too, which also bring, brings up um, from a preparation standpoint, uh, which which one of the Mountain Man Medical, medical kits 
would you recommend for like a you know an apocalyptic if somebody wants to have their family ready to have be that neighborhood medical uh, person in case of uh, you know severe system uh, collapse? Yeah, I, I I've already designed a couple of kits that I think that would work really well here. Uh, the first one you had mentioned, uh, you know, being in the backwoods as a hunter, um, and I have put out a kit called the Tracker, which is designed to be a um, lightweight emergency trauma kit for when you're in the backcountry to fit it on your belt. You know, ounces equal pounds, pounds equal pain. So we want to make sure we have something nice and compact and small and lightweight. But we also want to have everything in it that we need to take care of ourselves when we're out in the woods and it's just us. So uh, the tracker would be a small on your belt type of kit that you might want to have for that type of a situation. But, uh, but trying to take care of multiple people is going to be a lot more difficult. You're going to have to need, you need more gear. So uh, I would go to recommend the Wind River trauma kit. It comes with double of everything that our Yellowstone trauma kits have in it, plus a bunch of extra items, uh, some over-the-counter Motrin and Tylenol and um, ibuprofen and some antiseptic ointment. Some various things that can help you to stay nice and clean and keep your infection level down in a situation like that. Anytime you're out in the wilderness or in an apocalyptic type of environment, it's super dirty. So making sure you have a good supply of Band-Aids, you know, and basic minor wound care things is going to be essential because even a small wound, if you don't take care of it, because it's just naturally so dirty all the time, um, it's going to have a high chance for infection. So making sure you've got a good stock of Band-Aids and Neosporin, antiseptic ointment, that kind of thing, is going to be uh, uh, really important for you. So I would recommend checking out the uh, Wind River and the Tracker Trauma Kits over at mountmedical.com. Definitely, because uh, like we were talking about system collapse. We don't. We may or may not have running water. We may not have access to a lot of things. And uh, from personal experience, Infection's no fun at all. And, you know, you put a Band-Aid on a boo-boo and it's all good. But once that boo-boo becomes infected, it's uh, a whole different game and it's uh, no fun at all. No fun at all. Yes. Now, um, that actually leads me right into the very next topic, which is infection control. Uh, we were chatting a little bit here before the podcast started and we were talking a little bit about how how bad infection control was during the uh, Civil War era. Mm -hmm. More people were killed from infection than from, you know, bullet wounds and that kind of thing, which, you know, is, is pretty standard for most warfare throughout all of time. Um, the first people to really start to use like battlefield medicine and cleanliness techniques was actually the Roman legions. They were the first ones to deploy ambulances and medics to the battlefield with tourniquets to transport the wounded off of the battlefield to a um, surgical station um, that was set up nearby the battlefield just to save the lives of medics or save the lives of the soldiers. And then every night there was a crew of soldiers that would comb through the entire hospital and clean it from uh, floor to ceiling with uh, vinegar to try to keep away as much of the uh, bacteria and that kind of stuff as they possibly could. So this is something that was started by the Romans, but we only just kind of started picking it up in the last, you know, couple hundred, uh, last hundred years or so, 150 years, 
when we started making big advances in infection control. And since then, that has been the greatest saving of human life um, since, uh, you know, um, for, for most of humanity. So infection control in an apocalyptic scenario is going to be one of the primary concerns of a healthcare provider here. You know, not only are you going to be taking care of the minor aches and pains and things that, that are going to pop up, but you're going to be making sure that your community is adhering to very strict guidelines when it comes to infection control. So learning some basic techniques for waste removal, you know, um, how to set up latrines and things like that. You're not going to have sewage and running water. So you're going to have to know, hey, I've got a lot of people kind of cramped in one tiny little space and everybody's just using buckets for right now. Where are we going to empty these buckets out? You know, these are going to be important questions you're going to have to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. Knowing how to, you know, create some of that stuff to keep your community uh, community's infection levels down is going to be very important. Yep. Knowing, knowing how to go along sterilize water, going along knowing you know, different things you can use, vinegar, alcohol, and such to you know sterilize things. And just note, uh, whiskey, even though it's got alcohol in it, is not a you know it's not a cleaner. For it, you need to have you know rubbing alcohol uh, type to really go along and uh you know really clean and not leave sugars and other potential bacteria har- harboring type of things on, on the surfaces for it so there's a lot of different things to look at and know how to uh properly manage uh for it. but what, what's our ne- next step doc when it comes to uh, you know apocalyptic medicine well i think uh, one of the next primary concerns is going to be psychological first aid um, not only are you going to be seeing to your your patients in your community's physical health, but pretty often you're going to be looked at as one of those mental health providers as well. So being able to understand, you know, basic techniques for being able to talk to somebody in a crisis is going to be important. Uh, I know one of the things that I went through quite a bit as as an ER tech and um, through my 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 career in the military was, you know, how to talk to somebody in a crisis. You know, that verbal judo, how to talk somebody down off of a ledge kind of a thing is going to be one of those important parts of it. So making sure that you're working very closely with your local religious leaders, you know, that's going to be important, getting them involved and helping to support them um, to take care of their community and their flocks uh, is going to be one of those important aspects of it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think one one thing to uh, put in that into that category, psychological first aid, don't overlook your own psychological first aid because a you're being thrown in this this apocalyptic situation like everybody else, where people are like, oh my gosh, you know things are so terrible, this is horrible. You might have you know you're helping people that were walking around and healthy, you know, a couple of days before that. Now you're wondering if they're even going to make it through the night. Those those type of uh, medical things and that's where you know going out and seeking some uh you know religious you know help to go along and you know really try to you know put things in perspective that you know there's a reason you're there and the reason is to help other people and it can be tough it can be difficult it can really stink but at the same time guess what you're there and there's a reason for you being there and you've got to make sure you keep your head screwed on straight because if you lose it then everything starts collapsing, you know, 10, 10 times what it was previously when you just had one person who was, uh, you know, having bad thoughts and all of a sudden everybody's having bad thoughts and 
psychological uh, attitude makes a big difference on the survival of patients without a, without a question. Absolutely. I could not agree more. That's actually one of my, my uh, topics further down on the list is self-care, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, a lot of times, you know, people in this industry, you know, firearms trainers tend to be a very particular type of person, you know, and they tend to give a lot, you know, they're the type of person to step up and be the leader. And often those leaders can forget to take care of themselves because everybody around them needs them so much, you know, and this is, you got to pay attention to your own needs, you know, and you need to be a little bit selfish, you know, you, if you die or you get severely injured or something like that, then what good are you to your community? You are an mm-hmm. essential part of, you know, helping everybody around you. You know, uh, a lot of us combat medics, we'd like to say to each other, apply your own tourniquet first, right? You're not good to anybody dead. You know, you got to take care of you first. So try to make sure that you're paying attention to a little bit of the self-care is going to be one of those important aspects of, you know, the mental health of an apocalyptic situation is going to be rough on you. So paying attention to that and anticipating it is going to be an important part of it, I think. Uh, Because you're going to be, you're going to be a leader. You got to be able to step up. And that kind of leads me into my next um, topic, which was leadership and communication. I mean, you're going to be talking to the local brass of whoever's in charge of your area, whether it's the police department or it's a local military that has come in. Maybe even you've got some warlords or local gangs in the area that are operating you know, they hear there's a doctor in the area, they might want to come over and, uh, you know, request some of your services. So knowing how to handle communication in that type of environment is going to be, you know, in a fairly essential part of that, you know. So, yeah, keeping that on the list is going to be in an important part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, de- definitely. And again, like you said, you're you're an essential resource to the community and you will have people looking for your expertise. and Again, know your limitations because people will come to you with all kinds of issues. And if it's outside your realm of knowledge, then, you know, you need to know that so you don't get yourself into, you know, a bigger problem. Uh, Yeah. And you might uh, get an opportunity to secure resources for yourself or Mm -hmm. for your community. You know, you can lend out some of your skills as a medic and get some extra resources in, you know, to kind of help you out. Not only that, but it's like a goodwill mission to everybody around you like hey you know don't fight us you know we're the good guys we're going to help you out you know we'll provide some medical care let me take care of your uh, your kids that are you know that are doing so hot and that sort of thing and if we're able to you know get more resources that helps us with our sustainable medicine right that's the next topic on the list is like we're not going to have all the resources that we need so how can we be more sustainable in the types of resources that we have and primarily for that, it's going to be important for you to have textbooks to refer back to. You're not going to remember all of this stuff. Um, so there are a bunch of different types of books out there that are on this particular topic. Uh, there's one that's really nice. It's called uh, Where There Is No Doctor. Um, and another one that is the secondary to that is called When There Is No Dentist. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that uh, dentistry is so important. Um, if you don't have dentistry, uh, dental problems can kill you just as quickly as any other medical problem. So um, having some of those resources on hand for you to refer back to, I think is going to be very important. 
Um, there's one additional book that I would highly recommend. It's called the Special Operations Medical Handbook. And that is the best book that I could recommend for anybody that wants to be an apocalypse doctor. It has got so much stuff in there. Um, it talks about uh, OBGYN problems, uh, veterinarian issues, how to take care of horses and dogs and that kind of thing wound closure and uh, infection control there's just so many great things in that and it's not that expensive and it's a great one to add to your collection yeah and the one thing i would go along there are a lot of great resources that you can find on the internet but keep one thing in mind when we're talking about apocalyptic medicine you might not have electric you might not have uh, internet and that's where having books and you know be able to refer back to it i've got i've got a special operations book on my bookshelf, just in case I need to go back and refer to those uh, various uh, topics in it. And I've got a medical kit with a lot of the uh, lot of the care items in there, just in case, because when things happen, I don't have the luxury of you know, ordering from Outman Medical and you know getting supplies, you know, in a couple of days or going along and uh, going down the corner store with my credit card and purchasing things. You know, depending upon how bad things are. Even cold hard cash may not be worth anything if people are now trading in, you know, something else. So just uh, you got you got to think about, you know, what would I do if, and come up with come up with ways of working around it. I love that exactly. Yeah, what would I do if running yourself through those little scenarios? You know, like how would I do my job if I didn't have this particular type of a resource? You know, I think that is an excellent way to do things. Um, you're, you're setting yourself up for success that way because you're doing a lot of the training ahead of time. That visualization thing is something I've used to a lot of effect in, a, in very emergent situations. You know, it's high stress, and but because I already visualized what I was going to do in that situation, you know, it was just snap decisions and they were the right decisions. Um, that kind of thing works really well in fighting, which I think is my last topic on my list is, you know, if you're going to be putting yourself into some sort of a fighting situation, knowing how to, um, or thinking ahead of time, what your line in the sand is, is something that will help you to fight more effectively, to know when to go. Um, and if you're going to be in the apocalypse situation, as a healthcare provider, a lot of times we can, you know, kind of get caught up in this, um, you know, do no harm, you know, kind of thing. And uh, we're so used to taking care of people that we can forget that we need to defend ourselves, right? If we go down, like that's a huge blow to our community. It's important for us to stay alive. And if this is the apocalypse situation, there's a good chance that you're going to need to know what to do if you pick up a gun off the ground and you need to defend yourself with it. <coughs> Having a couple of of um, basic fighting skills, one of those is weapons familiarization, knowing how to use your basic uh, pistols and rifles and shotguns, how they operate. That might be a very important aspect in the apocalypse type of situation. I also recommend learning some hand fighting skills. You know, do you know how to get someone to stop grabbing you? You know, how to push somebody who's sitting on your chest? how to get them off of you. So a little bit of grappling or wrestling skills um, and some striking skills, you know, would be important, not just in your every day-to-day -day life, but for this in particular. Yeah, and, and one thing that, that you, know, you were talking about Y2K, I can remember at the time, 
you know, one thing I told people who came to Y2K you were, that they had to wrap their minds around is this whole thing that you, Y2K, nobody could survive that by themselves just because of the resources that we need, food, shelter, uh, all that. If we didn't have a group of people around us, all it would take is for us to get one nasty bug and all of a sudden it puts us out. And with that, think about you know talking to your neighbors. Think about talking to people in your community because if you know somebody has certain resources and you have certain resources and you can start teaming up, you've got a lot better survival situation if you've got you know 10, 15 you know, people in your neighborhood that are going to work together in apocalyptic situation and you can focus on the medicine part of it. They can focus on gathering food or taking care of child care, you know, doing those, those types of things. Then you try to do everything because if you spend eight hours trying to patch people up, what time do you have to go along and, you know, gather, you know, roots and, and nuts and berries or, you know, get an animal. And at the same time, how much time do you have to ster- sterilize your your water and do those types of things? But it, again, if you get a group of people, your security becomes easier. Your you know ability to withstand um, you know uh, adversary conditions you know, definitely increases. And at the same time, you can give something back to them because guess what? You are now taking care of their headaches. You're taking care of their um, you know, wounds, di- different things along those lines, because guess what? Even though it's apocalyptic, you still end up having headaches and other aches and pains and knowing what you've got and how you can go along and uh, work with it is a very valuable skill. Yeah, I would say that this is kind of the opposite of the bug out bag, you know, like this is the, the bug out bag is one of those super popular buzzwords these days that you know at least in the communities that i run in everybody's got a bug out bag or a get home bag or something like that you know and the whole idea of that is you know it's i understand it totally don't get me wrong i i have my own bug out bag and everything uh but the the concept of it is essentially selfish you know i'm just gonna get just me out you know i'm not gonna sit here and try to help anybody i'm just gonna bail and just let everybody burn you know, and I understand that whole aspect, but, uh, you know, being a healthcare provider in the apocalypse type of situation is the idea that we're stronger together, you know, that we, if we have a community of like-minded individuals, you know, we can get some things done, you know, some things that we might not get done all alone, you know, and uh, I think one of the things that I've learned through the course of my uh, career is how important it is to have a team around you, you know, there's this this whole um, archetype of the lone warrior, you know, this lone wolf, the John Wick, he just rolls into every situation, just handles it perfectly. And uh, that's not really how it goes. You got to have somebody watching your back because it's dangerous out there, you know, and uh, we don't do so well on our own. A lot of people have this fantasy of just going off and being alone and living in the woods, you know, and and watching the world burn. But uh, I don't really think that's the way it's going to go. Yep. Well, we very quickly find out that in in the wild, we're not always at the top of the food chain, too. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things to consider when you're thinking about lone wolf. Uh, we're soft and pink, and we don't have claws or teeth. No, yeah. All we got is this brain. That's our greatest asset that we have. So that's what we got to make work, right? Yep. We got we got to use that to multiply the 
other skills that we have and or the skills that we don't have, you know, the, the teeth and the and the claws and, and raw strength for Well, hey, Brian, got a quick question for you. We've been asking all our season six uh, guests for what would you like to be remembered for when you pass away? That's a really hard question. <laughs> yeah, well, it's getting people to think about it because as trainers, you know, I, I challenge, challenge the trainers that I teach, you know, think about who you're training, how you're training, because when you're gone, whether you pass away or whether they're out of your classroom, that person's going to take what and how you taught them and apply it. And that could make a big difference to that person. And that's where I'd get people thinking about what am I doing and how, what am I passing on to my students when I'm passing on the right skills? Hmm. Well, it's definitely something that I could probably uh, noodle on for quite some time. But I think the thing that comes as readily to mind is uh, in the court. The thing that I like the most about my job is I get the opportunity to meet some incredible men, just absolute studs. They are great husbands, incredible fathers, um, great friends, and absolutely 100% lethal. They're full of compassion and love. And uh, th that is what I aspire to be for myself. I would like to be devastatingly lethal, but kind. Um, so if I was known for anything after I was gone, then it would be something like that. Very good. I can honestly say nobody's, uh, nobody's come up with that combination yet. So that's uh, very good. Very good. Well, Brian. I know we've only touched on the whole apocalyptic medicine just a little bit because there's you would go a lot deeper dives in those books and all different kinds of topics around there. But where can people find out more information about your article and uh, other videos that you have uh, out there on on these topics? Absolutely. Um, head over to mountainmanmedical.com. We sell trauma kits, high quality stuff I trust. And uh, they're going to be anything that you need for whatever you got going on. Um, we have the emergency trauma response course. It'll teach you how to use everything in there for free. And then, of course, you can find me on all the social medias um, at YouTube. we got a YouTube channel where we talk about all of the various components, gear, and uh, techniques for taking care of people in an emergency type of situation. And I also like to throw in a little bit of philosophy here and there about how to handle an emergency situation um, more calmly you know what are some of the things that we can do to handle a very stressful moment in a much calmer way i think that's one of the greatest things that i like to pass on as much as possible but hey head over to mountainmanmedical.com get us uh, get yourself a yellowstone or a wind river trauma kit super i will have links in the show notes for that and brian as always we really appreciate you coming on sharing your knowledge on medical situations uh helping the structures be a little bit more uh well-rounded when it comes to their medical advice they give students and medical advice, they might actually have to do some time on the range. It's uh, always important, and it's a lot nicer to talk about it, I'm not under the pressure of having somebody uh, uh, having a medical issue in front of you. So I definitely appreciate your time to give to the audience today. Absolutely. I, I'm wearing my FTA uh, shirt right now. I, I don't know if you uh, saw that, but I'm uh, pretty proud of it. I assume if you're a firearms instructor, you're teaching people to fight. 
you know, and fighting's a dangerous occupation. That's a dangerous endeavor. You got, if you're going to carry the tools to punch holes in people, you got to carry the tools to patch holes in people. So absolutely love that. Hey, Rob, I appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure, sir. Take care. We'll talk to you later. That's a wrap for this episode, and I hope you found our conversation with uh, Brian enlightening and maybe give you a few ideas about some training or some different supplies that you need to have on hand in your house. Just in case, if you're searching for additional information on medical uh, for instructors and such, you can go out to our podcast, www.firetrainerpodcast.com, and search our website for all the previous episodes in the upper right-hand corner. Visit our sponsors, Special Farm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Remember, listeners to this podcast, you get 10% off by using promo code FTP10 at checkout. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, you, the firearm instructors out in America that dedicate time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe out there, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.